Okay, this is the Steep Ravine Podcast with Matt Wilkinson and Dave Frank, where we have deep thoughts about running. Hello, Matt. It is so good to be back. Hey, uh, hope hope that uh, hope that all you know six of our listeners enjoyed our first episode, and uh, maybe we'll double that uh, number this week. Who knows? You um, never know. I think we had know. more than six. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think uh, you know we we did have a a few really deep thoughts last week, and it was uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it seemed like you did as well. Yeah, so it was nice. It, did do you happen to have any deep thoughts today, Matt? You, Dave, it's a rare day when I don't have a deep thought or two about something. Uh, today, I actually have a couple of deep thoughts about running. Oh, you a couple? A couple. That's fantastic. Let's yeah. get into them. Well, all right, so. So uh, to start, I think you know, today's a special day because it, it marks the 116th running of the annual Milrose Games in New York City. We, the, the, this is one of the biggest indoor track meets of them all. And I thought it'd be fun to talk about that, talk about the history of, of this legendary meet, who's entered. And, and you know, the premier event is the, the Wanamaker Mile. Uh, and then we can yeah. recap some of the main results. Now, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, you and I are both on a tight schedule because we're, we want to get 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 to the uh, the watch parties. Uh, to see our 49ers. Yeah, exactly. Go Niners. Uh, so, so yeah. So, but, but before we dive into that, Dave, uh, this being an Olympic year, uh, with the track and field Olympic trials returning to U of O and Hayward Field in June. I wanted to make a quick plug for one of my favorite Eugene establishments. Would that be okay with you? Ooh, ooh! I'm trying to think what it might be. Uh, size Pizza, um, uh, no, no. Prince Puckler's Ice Come Cream. On. Come on, you know. uh, the, you, the 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 bakery right next to Prince Puckler's, the name of which I can never remember, but I, it's awesome. Or Sparrow Bakery. People love the ocean roll at Sparrow Bakery. Let me tell you, Dave. Okay. I, the the time we spent sitting at the table with a pitcher of beer out in front of the wild duck after oh, the track and field trials in 2016. Yeah, there you go. In the grand scheme of things, the wild duck it hasn't been around too long, only about 30 years. Oh, oh, I don't think I think it. I don't even think it's been around that long. I think the first when when the trials were there in 08. And Peanut Harms did his thing and found a place for us to call home, yeah. which he does at every big meet. Mm-hmm. That was called the Villard or Villard Street Pub. And by the time we came back in twelve, it had changed hands and become the Wild Duck. So I don't think I don't think it's been around. I mean that the the bar, like I said, the the, the Villard Street Pub. I don't know how long that goes back, but the Wild Duck itself, I think, is only 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 since ten or eleven or twelve or something like that. But anyway, I, uh, we digress. Right. Well, are you okay? All right. So, well, let me just tell you, uh, this is a special place for track and field fans and for runners. It, it's you know, it's it's a very short walk from from Hayward Field, and the last two Olympic trials, if at least for me, uh, we would mm-hmm. secure some tables out front, right on the sidewalk, for all the running buddies and. And we'd, we'd gather there after the meet and uh, catch up on the day's events, tell stories. I remember you would, you know, always have a hilarious long joke that you could tell, um, you know, something about a moose. Uh, so, 
that's a good one. Just, just, uh, you know, and the other thing about this place, not only the camaraderie, the, the, the great friendships, you know, we don't see each other every day. So we, we reconvene, you know, some of these folks I only see once every four years, but we always have a blast. And the other thing about it is you, 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 um, you might bump into, um, you know, some great athletes that just happened to show up. Like I, I saw, you know, last time we were having beers out front and, and Tara Davis walks by with her mother and, and, uh, she was still, you know, wearing her cowboy hat and she was very, uh, excited. She just made the Olympic team. And so she was, she was to- in her uniform. She had, she was in her competition uniform with her cowboy boots yep. and a cowboy hat on. Yeah. And I was so. And I believe we met her mother and grandmother, if I remember correctly. I, so. I, I was delighted that she was there, accompanied with her her mother and grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we, you know, over the years, you know, Ryan Krauser has walked in with his medal on. Yep. Uh, you know, after winning the, you know, the the Olympic trials shot put, and he, you know, when he, well, not just him, but particularly when Ryan comes in, the whole place starts chanting USA, USA. <laughs> it, it's it's um, so much fun. Yeah. 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 So Um, remember back in 2016, uh, our good friend Jim Scatini uh, had a nice long conversation with John Carlos. Uh, John Carlos was in there after after the track meet. And you may remember that that John won bronze in the 200 in 1968 in Mexico City. And uh, he was he displayed the black power salute on the podium with Tommy Smith. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's nice that Jim had, you know, Jim and John were able to have a, a visit at the wild duck that night. So, well, you know, what I, cool. what I think is phenomenal is that, you know, that, uh, the, the current athletes that come in, you know, particularly after they've, if they've made a team or even if they haven't, they, they know they're going to be approached, right? And they're not, they're not going there for peace and quiet. Right. And they, they seem to appreciate that people know who they are and that want to talk to them, want to take pictures with them. And, you know, they're, that's part of the reason they're there. It's going to be celebratory. It's going to be festive and they're going to be acknowledged. And I think in our sport, you know, we have very few, um, uh, athletes in the world of track and field that if you were walking down the street in your hometown and one of them walked by you, you there's a good chance you wouldn't know who they are. Right. But if that same guy walks in, man or woman walks into the wild duck after their event, people are going to know who they are. Six people you are going to want to buy got, that person a beer. You just got third in the hammer throw, right? right? And people know who it is, right? Um, and so, and not not only the current athletes, but guys like John Carlos are going to be there, and Craig Virgin will be there, and Eamon Coglin after the World Championships, you know, last year, two, two years ago, right? Yeah, uh, was there, and. And, and, and again, they're not there to avoid conversations or people asking them for autographs and things. They are happy to oblige. Yeah. And to me, that's, that, I think that separates our sports in a lot of ways. I don't think you're, you're, you know, back in 1996, you're going to the NBA finals, you're watching the games and the, the Bulls win and you're going to the same, uh, restaurant slash bar as Michael Jordan and he's hanging out chit chatting. I just don't know. I don't know. No way. No way. But in our sport, it seems to happen. It happens. Well, you know, so, so I, last year I was a bit concerned. I, I, I was sad to hear that the wild duck closed down. And the first thought was, well, where the hell are we going to (laughs) gather? But, but, but then, then I heard a small miracle happened that, 
there's a student at U of O now, a young kid from the big island of Hawaii, who enrolled at U of O to play football in 2022. His name's Kilohana Hassenritter. And his mom and dad, he, I think he's an only child. His mom and dad missed him so much that they relocated from Hawaii to Eugene. <laughs> uh, and together with their son, Kilohana, they bought the wild duck. And uh, they had their grand opening in November, just in the nick of time. And uh, I'm just so happy that we'll be able to resume our tradition after the Olympic trials uh, to gather you know, a few tables together out on the sidewalk and Listen to Dave Frank tell the moose joke again. We were, you know, we were down there, I guess it was uh, pre-Fontaine weekend, you know, in September, and the wild duck was not open. Um, And, you know, we we certainly were able to find places to enjoy each other's company. But uh, I hadn't, I I knew that it had reopened. I didn't know the story of Kilahana and his family uh, buying it. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And I know that you and I and many others will be thrilled that we get to, uh, to hang out there and have it be like old times again. So that's going to be cool. Looking forward to it. And by the way, be poised over your computer at 9 a.m. on the 20th of February to make sure you secure your Olympic trials tickets. It's a big uh-huh. deal. Don't screw that up. What's what's the date again on that? Feb 20, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Okay. Log in, Tracktown, USA. Awesome. Okay, Dave, let's get moving. We've got this football game this afternoon. So we want to cover the 116th annual Milrose Games today. Love it. Let's dive Love in. It. So what do you what do you know about why why is this such a big deal? What what's what's up with the Milrose Games? Uh, it, it, it's hard, you know, when you said 116th, I, I honestly didn't know that. Um, you think back, so, uh, uh, you know, we know that every once in a while they probably didn't have it, right? We didn't have it in 21, probably. Maybe they did. I don't know. Well, yeah, you're right. Um, Maybe there were some gap years. Uh, and probably some war years, you know, yeah. World War II, the, lots of athletic things didn't happen. So you got to believe that, you know, if this thing's 116 years old, uh, even if they had it every single year, that means the first one was in 1908. Yeah, 1908. Right? Yeah. You know, but but maybe it's not. Maybe the first one was in 1903. I don't know. Well, the, 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 um, my understanding is the first meet dates back to 1908, and it was started by the Milrose Athletic Association, and and they were formed by employees of the John Wanamaker Department Store. <laughs> Unbelievable. So That's awesome. When you're selling suits and belts and purses, you, you also get together and you work out back in 1908, somewhere in downtown Manhattan. Well, I, I guess, you know, that indoor track, you know, uh, in the, oh, I'm going to say 50s and 60s and even into the 70s was, was such a huge deal. I mean, sold out, uh, you know, stadiums, like, you know, like basketball stadiums, right, that uh, arenas. And big darn deal. I, I, I can recall, uh, racing the Portland Indoor at, uh, what's called Memorial Coliseum here. Uh-huh. And the, one of my lasting memories of that is that back in the 1970s when I was competing, you know, smoking was still a really big deal. I mean, I, some <laughs> people still smoke now, but you could certainly smoke indoors at a, at a, a basketball game or anything else. So when you ran an indoor mile or two mile at the Memorial Coliseum in 1978, 
you know, there were there were I don't know how many people in the stands, maybe fourteen thousand or whatever, and six thousand were smoking. <laughs> and when when you got done running that race, you didn't feel good. I mean, running indoors is a little harder on your lungs anyway. You just feel, you know, I mean, maybe the maybe facilities now. I'm, I'm sure the new the new balance facility in Boston is is much better better, better ventilated than something that was built in 1965. But back in those days, man, you got done and it hurt. Your lungs hurt for days yeah. after running one of those meets. So, um, do you do you have a uh, an indoor indoor racing uh, experience as well? You know, I've only run indoors one time, but it is so funny that it that one indoor race when I was a senior in high school, uh, running for Drake High School in San Anselmo, California. Now Archie Williams. Now Archie Williams. That's another story. Archie was an amazing guy and a computer science teacher back in the early 80s before anybody else was teaching computer science. Great guy. Anyway. That's awesome. I, I, uh, I ran something called the San Francisco Examiner Games and I had just really just started running. I started running late in high school and my coach entered me down there and, and, um, I was a very average runner and, um, uh, so he put me in the slow heat and I ended up winning my heat. I ran a 437 indoors, uh, on, on, and the thing that was cool was that, uh, I got noticed by a couple of D3 schools and, you know, long story short, I didn't go to any of those schools. I ended up going to UC Davis and, and I met some of my closest friends. I met you through you guys from Stanford came up and ran our invite, the Aggie invite. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember you were the, the one guy from that crew who wanted to hang out with us afterwards and, and go to Mr. B's and have a few beers. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but, but had I not gotten on that indoor track, I don't shoot, you know, I probably would have ended up going to college of Marin instead of a four year school. And, Never would have met the crew that I that I'm close with today, and never would have met you. So there's was, my there's was that my... was that track. Uh, I know that you know back in the day we all we ran the 11 laps to the mile track, right? 100 160 yard, and they oh, were Dave, wooden tracks. Don't ask me about any of the details. <laughs> and and those things and and the, the steep steep turns. Yes. Um, but yeah. the the wooden track at, at the Memorial Coliseum was. Not a particularly nice track, um, but but still super fun. In fact, I saw I think uh, maybe my freshman, well, maybe I saw Prefontaine race there once, and he died in '75, so I must have only been 12 or 13 when I got to see him run. Um, but uh, oh, that's those were, awesome! Those were great, that's a what really a great cool experience things. to see to see yeah. free. Yeah, yeah, that's the only time I ever saw him race in person. I saw him at the indoor in like '74 or something like that. Yeah. So so, so look, yeah, let's, cool stuff. Let's get back to so so some of the big names at the Milrose Games. You know the thing's been going forever. Uh, some of the you know you, you had Eamon Coglin, you had Carl Lewis, Jackie Joyner, Kersey, Bernard Lagat. Uh, sure. All these people made their names and built their legacies running in this indoor meet, and it you know they ran it for for years, a hundred years I think at Madison Square Garden, and only yes. recently they they moved it to the Armory. And they had this really beautiful track uh, built, and this whole thing is around, you know, this this uh, they built this track around this, these games. It's 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 yeah. now. Well, the armory the armory had been there for a long time, but the the the, the new track, the really great track, 
um, was put in, you know, not not terribly long. It's not like 50 years old kind of thing. No, I think but so. they've been running yeah. races at the Armory for a long time before that even. But the new track is, well, I say new, it's not new anymore. Uh, but it is a great, great track, no question. Uh, have you ever been there? Have you ever been? Yes, the, oh. I have been to the Armory a few times, yeah. Not, not to Melrose. Uh-huh. I've been there for some uh, high school stuff, and there uh-huh. was a – uh, they had the high school nationals, indoor nationals there. We took a group out there one year and, uh, and then, um, there was a meet. I'm going to say it was called the Vitalis meet. Mm. Um, you know, that I went to years in the early 2000s. So, uh, it's a, you know, that I will say the track is fantastic. Facility overall is, it's, it's an interesting sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, dichotomy. And that it's, it's not, it wasn't made to be a spectator place. Hmm. Um, it's a track that's set in this building and it's, you know, you sit where you can sit and warming up, uh, for the athletes is crazy in these hallways and stuff. It's, right. It's wild. Huh. Um, but, uh, but it's a great experience. I mean, the kids that I have ever taken there loved going there. Fantastic. So, so. So Miller's Games, like the premier event, is is the Wanamaker Mile. What, what do you know about the Wanamaker Mile, Dave? It's it's one of those things that if you if you've ever heard of the Miller's Games and you're a distance person, you've heard of that race. You probably don't know where the name came from, nope, uh, no or idea. much other than that. But it's but it's it's such a cool thing that 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 race. I mean, years ago. Races didn't have like individual sponsors. Now you go to a meet and almost every event is sponsored by somebody, right? Um, I, I, I have a very good buddy that years ago before this started happening thought it would be a cool idea to do this. He would threw it out to us all the time. He would say, yeah, like, like what you do is you get somebody to sponsor a certain event. Often maybe they get prize money. And he says, how about this, for example? How about the Stanley Hardware Hammer Throw? Isn't that wouldn't that be wonderful? It's <laughs> a great idea. <laughs> and he and we were at we were at the, at a big meet, the Bruce Jenner meet years and years ago. And this same guy ran into a guy named Frank Greenberg, who at the time was the the head of the TAC, mm-hmm. and he pitched this to Frank Greenberg. He said, "What do you think, Frank? The ha- Stanley Hardware Hammer Throw." Um, and it didn't, it did not go over. But, but what, what I was getting at is that now so many events at these big meets have a sponsor, but for years they didn't. And so when there was at this meet, the Wanamaker Mile, it makes you wonder, well, what's, what's this Wanamaker thing all about? But having its own name for one event in that meet has always been a really cool thing, like so prestigious. And if you're a distance person and you're good enough to get in that meet, that's the event you probably well, want to run. Yeah, and if and if you if you are the winner of the Wanamaker Mile, that's a that's a prestigious uh, it's a prestigious thing. So absolutely. So, so I guess this thing's been going on for well, it's been going on since the beginning of the meet, and and um, the 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 thing kind of became famous for its 10 p.m. start time. So they would have this this track meet. It'd be in this really intimate setting, a small but loud crowd, and and they they'd all gather at 10 p.m. and they they'd fire off the gun and and they'd start racing the mile. Actually, it started out as a they'd run a mile and a half, and only later they began running the 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 mile distance. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So so. Where did this uh, term 
chairman of the boards come from? <laughs> What's that all about? Uh, well, the, you know, uh, I, as far as I know, the only person that's ever had that name is Eamon Coughlin, right? Right. That's, um, that's who I associate. By the way, that meet that I told you about in San Francisco, Eamon Coughlin raced that evening. So we got to watch him. <laughs> it was so cool. Well, so, so as, as you certainly know, uh, the, you know, the great, the great Glenn Cunningham, University of Kansas guy, lots of, lots of great stories out in the world about him and what he accomplished. He won six out of seven years from 1933 to 39. And then Coughlin, 87, won his seventh title. And whether it was for that particular race or not, Coughlin was a fantastic indoor racer. And, yeah. uh, he was, he got the nickname chairman of the boards. And so wait, just, wait, 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 Dave, Dave. Did you say he won the Wanamaker Mile seven times? Yes, ah, okay. that's correct. Okay, and of course, as we mentioned, the old in the old days, the indoor tracks were made out of wood. Right. So it was the boards. It wasn't. It was not chairman of the tartan surface. <laughs> so when I ran, it was like sheets of four by eight plywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It weren't. It was not fun to fall on that stuff. I'll tell you no. that. Um, but I want to. I want to tie something back in with Damon Coglin because. Yeah. Um, uh, one of, and this is my, one of my all-time favorite, uh, track and field memories. Uh, in 22, you know, the world championships were, championships were in Eugene. And I had, I have a, a very good college teammate, uh, a friend and teammate, Mark Olison. Yeah, I know Mark. Uh, he's yeah. Canadian. Yep. Mark's Canadian. And, uh, Mark had not come to a lot of these, these events over the years. But in the last couple of years, it started to show up. And, and, you know, people remember Mark. He was a very good runner, fourth at the NCAAs in cross country one year. And, um, notably, Mark was, uh, in, in, in grade 13, but make sure we're clear, uh, broke four minutes in the mile in Canada. Um, and very few high school athletes had broken four minutes. And you can argue all you want about whether, well, it's grade 13, blah, blah, who cares? But Mark came at Stanford as a sub four minute miler. We didn't have all of those guys showing up, right? Yeah. And, and so we at, at the world championships were at the wild duck and we see him in Coglin. And certainly I don't know Eamon Coglin personally, but that doesn't deter me. No. And so no I, I, I walk up and I, I sort of introduced myself, but I really introduced my buddy, Mark Olison. <laughs> Eamon, this is my buddy, Mark Olison. And, and Eamon goes, Oh, hey, Mark, how you doing? You know, and they, they're sort of chit chatting. And then Coglin sort of stops for a second and he looks at Mark. And he says, you know, I was there that day. And, you know, Mark says, uh, what, what day? And, uh, and Coggins says, I was there the day you broke four minutes. I was in the race. I won that race. And no Mark, way. Just looks at him. Mark looks at him and says, says, what, why, why do you remember that? And Coggins says, well, that was a big day for you. Oh, that is so cool. That is so and it's, cool. It's one of my all-time favorite track memories that here's a guy that, you know, has run how many races in his life. And that race was in 1983. Yeah. <laughs> so 40 years later, almost 40 years later, he's telling this guy that he was in that race with him. So oh, that's uh, awesome. not only a fantastically great competitor, but obviously a pretty nice guy as well. So, yeah. so yeah, so he was chairman of the boards. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, our, our, our buddy Bernard, Bernard Legat won eight Wanamaker miles. And 2010 was his final. As he yeah. Won, so which is pretty phenomenal. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of, you kind of look around and, and you wonder, are others that capable of such a feat? Now, eight is a lot, but 
who, who who's entered who's entered today, Dave? We had L L uh, Saint Pierre, who oh won. the women's side, yeah, on the women's side, she. Well, we haven't even talked about the women yet, but so so she she won it last year, uh, and she's entered today. No, no, uh, she won in twenty twenty. She broke the American records. Uh, she was on maternity leave last year. Uh, thank you for your astute yeah. correction. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Yared Nagus, who won it last year. He ran a great time for three forty seven, thirty eight, which is the American record indoors. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, who else was in it this year? I, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to look it up because I forget exactly. Well, why you, uh, you got a, a couple of a couple of British fellas, George Mills, who had been running great. Adam Fogg, who I, I believe Adam Fogg went to school in the states. I don't recall for sure. Uh, Adam Spencer that uh, runs for Wisconsin right now, but had a great summer. Uh, I think he was a world championships finalist, maybe. Uh, Cooper Tier was in the race. To, uh, entered in the race. Um, Charles Philbert T. <laughs> Canadian guy okay. who's had a, who had a great summer as well. Uh, Mario Garcia Romo, who I think I'm almost sure was a, a world finalist last year. Uh, just a bunch of really, really uh, good, good people in that race today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so, so let's get to that. But, but, but first now the race director is Ray Flynn. Uh, great mother, still holds the, national record for Ireland in the mile and he put the race on. So he had some predictions. Did you want to talk about any of those predictions before we get to what actually happened? Uh, well, he, he, he listed 10 events that he thought was, were pretty exciting. And as distance geeks, I'm probably going to uh, skip to most of those, but yeah. the women's two mile women's two mile was loaded. The men's two mile was loaded. Uh, and not a distance race, but, you know, Christian Coleman coming back is, uh, you know, to, he's a, you know, he's a 60 meter superstar. I mean, mm-hmm. that's his start is fantastic. Always fun to watch him. Uh, the University of Texas, uh, woman Ju- uh, from last year, Julian Alfred, who had a great 2023. Uh, she was here to run the 60 as well. Um, boy, Josh, I said Josh Kerr in the two mile against Grant Fisher, Grant Fisher's first race. Uh, since leaving the Bowerman, uh, track club. Cole Hawker also in that, in that two mile. Um, the, the women's mile was going to be really a matchup. We, we, it seemed between, uh, Ellie St. L. St. Pierre and Jessica Hull, who staged a fantastic battle last weekend in the 3K. Where, where was uh, that race? Hull, that was, I believe, in Boston. Uh huh. Um, and Hull narrowly defeated St. Pierre. Uh, but you know, that was St. Pierre's first real, uh, she had run something a little bit earlier, I think, but, uh, her first real, real challenge in a long time, right? So, um, women's high jump was Can we just do exciting. a shout out for L. St. Pierre having come back from having a baby and now she's, you know, duking it out with one of the, you know, in the 3000 a week ago. Just amazing. Yeah. So impressive. Well, I mean, I, I, it's, you know, I think, there was a generation where, where women didn't do that, where they didn't, they didn't, uh, take a year to have a child and then come back and compete. And now it's, it's far more common. And, and a lot of women, you know, from my understanding, uh, are, are better runners when they come back. I mean, it's, there's no question. It's super hard, hard work to get there. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think it's, it's exciting and it's, a, it's a great thing for, for everybody, young women, especially to see that like that's, 
you know, that doesn't have to be the end of your competitive career to have a child. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, sorry, so, sorry, I interrupted your flow there. Keep, keep going. Oh, no, no, that was about all I had on the, you know, on the highlights. You know, there's, there are certainly other, other races and, and events that were going to be exciting, but, uh, yeah. those were the ones for me that jumped out. Good. Well, so, so I was kind of going to point to the same thing. I mean, it is noteworthy that there are other events in this. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a pole vault. There's a high jump, but, but we'll, we'll let uh, others cover those topics. There's, there's also a lot of, of high school races. Yes. Um, and the, you know, the, um, uh, the Milrose High School Mile is a, you know, a coveted event to get into it. Kids run qualifying races throughout the winter to get invited to the Milrose Mile. Um, and so, um, I'm lucky that, uh, one of my former teammates at Stanford, a guy named Steve Shadler, who was one of your housemates at one point, yes. is a former, uh, Milrose High School Mile winner. Oh, I didn't um, know that. So, ah, that's very yeah. cool. In fact, in, I, I don't know if it's still there, but in his hometown of Bergenfield, New Jersey, where it says, Welcome to Bergenfield, it said, for a while at least, home of 1983 or 84, whatever, uh, Milrose High School Mile Champion Steve Shadler. So, uh, <laughs> Good for him. You know, Steve pretty, is now pretty, pretty sweet. I think he's a principal uh, in he's, a school. Uh, he's assistant superintendent. Assistant superintendent in Arizona, Southern Arizona, somewhere, I think, yes. around Nogales, Yes, right? not too far from Nogales. Yeah. This, this, the district, well, I don't know what the district is called. The school, the high school he taught at was called Rio Rico High School. So mm. it's that district, but I can't remember. But he's doing well. I talk to him regularly still. Yeah. Not about his, one, not about his Milrose victory. We don't <laughs> get to that too often. All right. Well, let's, so. let's cover some results and, and then we'll wrap up and get to the Super Bowl. How yes. about we start with the women's, uh, well, let's start with the men's 800. Men's 800. Well, let's go. So who were the key, well, the so, key so, so, people so in that Key race? people. So Sam Ellis, uh, Luciano Fiore, yep. Bryce Hopple. Bryce Hopple has, has had a pretty darn good career for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Noah, Noah Cabet. Run, yep. Noah Cabet running for the uh, Union, Nike's Union Athletic Club, coached by uh, Pete Julian um, here in Portland. Um, yeah, I think I, I would, I would imagine that most people would think it would have been, you know, Hopple and Cabet, the, the, yeah. the stuff that I read ahead of time on Let's Run and other places. Those were the two guys that were mostly, mostly featured. So, so let, um, can I ask you about this? Cause I haven't really thought much about it, but if you're running an 800 indoors, you're, you're spending a lot of the time in the race turning a corner, you're turning left. So, so <laughs> what does that do to your time relative to an outdoor 800? Well, so this this track is a 200. Ooh, I, I'm sure it's 200 meter banked. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, it, yep, right. uh, if it was a 200 meter flat, I think it would be significantly harder. Uh, but a 200 meter banked, I don't I don't think it's as significant as it might seem. But there's no question it's not as fast. Um, the the issue to me is that if and when you ever want to pass, you you have to move out, and typically. People don't let you pass on the straightaways. They don't want, you know, so, mm. so you end up ha- passing on the turns and you have to be, you know, wide to do so. And so it's going to slow you down. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm sad to say I don't know what the world record is indoors for the 800. That's okay, Dave. We're, we're, it's look, it's Super Bowl Sunday. You don't have to know that. It's okay. I'm going to look it up right now, though, just All for right. fun. So, so in this uh, race, though, ooh, wow, it was, it was, uh, 
a very tight pack coming across the finish line. You know, there were there were six guys between 145, 50, and 147. So six guys in two seconds. Yeah. But you know, not not yeah. an unusual outcome in a in right, 800. But, yep. but 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 most of these guys were uh, you know one. Okay, so so cutting to the chase. Give us the results here, Dave. So uh, Hopple won. 145.5 over Noah Cabet, 146.09. And, uh, you know, if you, you're watching the race, uh, Cabet was leading. Well, Hopple, Hopple was ahead of Cabet at the quarter, but at 600, uh, Cabet was slightly ahead. And then Hopple, Hopple's last 200 of 27.7 was much better than yeah. 28.3 of Cabet. Yeah. So yeah. lots of stuff happens in the last lap of a race. And, you know, I, it's funny, you know, in the 800, uh, well, I mean, you think about races, you know, the mile or the two mile or the three thousand, whatever you, whatever you like to run. Um, you know, where's a quarter of the race? You know, in the, in the three thousand or the thirty two hundred, they run in a lot of high school places. Um, you know, two laps is the last quarter of the race. Right. In the mile, obviously it's one lap. Well, in the, in the, you know, and I guess my point is a lot can happen in the last quarter of the, of the three thousand. A lot can happen in the last quarter of the mile. Right. But we seem to forget a lot of times the 800. The people think that, that the race is over, you know, 600 meters in, and a ton of stuff happens in the last 200. It's a quarter of the race, right? And so a lot can change. Yep. And uh, yep. Hopple won today. I, I I really enjoy watching him run. Yeah. I, I think he's yeah. he's he seems like a good dude, and I think he races intelligently most of the time. And do you think uh, he'll stop by the uh, Wild Duck uh, in June? Let's. We can only hope. We can only Let's, hope. Maybe he'll hear this podcast and he'll be in, excited to try it out if he hasn't before. Yeah. Well, hey, let's jump to the women's <laughs> two mile. Women's two mile. So as did we did we already mention that uh, uh, that uh, Alicia, Alicia Monson won? I think they went the three thousand last year. They didn't run a two mile. They ran the three thousand, but. But she runs for on. She's a former Wisconsin runner, has had a really great uh, last few years you know, running under Dayton Ritzenheim for on, improved tremendously, has made world championship teams, Olympic teams. And this well, is really, you know, a shorter distance for so her. She's I, a 5K, 10K guy. Right. I, I, I uh, remember her from the Olympic trials in Eugene in 21 where she went neck and neck with Emily Sisson. Remember that? The, I mean, mm-hmm. Emily won, but uh, they ran together for most of that race and, uh, you know, uh, obviously ran very well. But th- you're right. This is a much shorter distance uh, for, 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 for Alicia that, than I'm kind of used to thinking about her as. And, and there were, you know, uh, some other notables, Nikki Hiltz, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, did Nikki go to Aptos? She's from Aptos High, coached by the legendary Dan Gruber down there. Oh, um, I know that. Uh, Laura Muir from Great Britain, who is, who, who is as good as almost anybody in the world over a n- number of distances. Um, uh, Ethiopian athlete Melnat Wudu. Um, who I don't know much about, but uh, has some great credentials. Emily Infeld still still you know running running well generally. Courtney Wayman, the steeplechaser, was in the race. Uh, she was an Olympian you know uh, in the steeplechase. Olympian or world? Maybe she just made the world team last year. I can't remember. She yes, I can't team. remember. But but anyway, uh, so the results. Do you want to go through those results this time, Matt? Well, I'm going to screw it up, but I will. I, I, so so I'm going to just I'm just going to go top four. Uh, so yeah. uh, but let, before we go into this, 
remind me, Dave, what is the American record in the women's two mile, do you, uh, indoor two mile? Well, you know, off the top of my head, I'd say it's nine ten point two eight by okay, uh, all right, L Saint Pierre, L Saint Pierre. Now, so let me just with that nine point two eight. We had Nikki Hills nine, finishing nine ten. 910.28, thank you. Yeah. We had uh, Nikki Hiltz finishing in fourth today in 915.8. So, um, not a bad race for Nikki. I'd say, I'd say as a, you know, somebody who really focuses on the 1500 slash mile, exactly. I'd say that's a pretty good result for Nikki. Yeah, very, very good. Nice way to kind of start this important year. Uh, yeah. and now we were just talking about Alicia Monson. Tell me again, right? Is it Dave? Nine ten point two eight. And Alicia <laughs> Monson today finished third in nine oh nine point seven. So she set an American record today at Melrose. So super yeah. excited for her. And and again, I you know she is she has really made her mark. You know at five and ten k. So if she's running this well indoors at yeah. two miles. You gotta believe she's gonna have a really fantastic outdoor season at five and ten k. Yeah, yeah, yep. Great, great indicator. Now, as you said, the person we don't know a lot about, Melnat Wudu from Ethiopia. She ran very well and finished second, a blistering nine oh seven, twelve, and then in first was Laura Muir, and she crushed it nine oh four eighty four. Just a fantastic time. Uh, yeah. So. She's, she's just I, I I never get tired of watching Laura Muir run. You know, she I mean she doesn't always race the same way. She doesn't always sit back and kick like crazy. She doesn't but she doesn't always go out and just hammer away. But she's not afraid of a fast pace. If somebody's gonna get after it, uh Laura Muir's probably going with the front the front pack. And uh it's just I, I just really enjoy watching her race so much yeah. fun. Speaking of getting after it, um the men's two mile. Uh, just phenomenal. It, 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 so, so uh, why don't you take this one, Dave? I mean, there's some phenomenal outcomes for this early in the season. Uh, well, you know, there were there there were a lot of really good people in this race. Um, you know, and and you know, it's it's always hard to know where people are in their training and how they have you know what they're choosing where they're choosing to to peak, if you want to call it that. Uh, but Typically, Milrose is an important race, so people show up pretty fit usually. By the way, let me interrupt for just one second. That's another thing I want to talk to you about at some point is what races do you choose to peak for over the course of a season, and and how do you work that in? You know, because it's very disruptive. Here we are in February. You're trying to get ready for maybe an important meet in June, but you also want to peak right now, and we saw that with these results, which you're about to talk about. Well, let's come and, back to that. Uh, you know, and there is there is a world indoors this year. Um, I forget where it is, but there's a world indoor meet this year. And so future you know, podcast, will all right these there. athletes, will all these athletes uh, want to be in the world indoors? I it's there. There's been some speculation that certain people might sit out uh, mm-hmm. as part of their preparation for the, you know, the games in right. Paris. So right. I don't know. But just I, I rather than go through all the people that are in it and, and the full results, I mean, you know, top three. I'm Dave. just going to jump into the results. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say Joe Klecker, who's had a great last couple of years, did not have what I probably would he would consider his best day. Uh, he got ninth yeah. and eight twenty. Yeah. I'd be pretty happy with eight twenty for two miles. <laughs> I'll take um, that. Uh, Japanese athlete uh, Kato Sato 
broke the national record for Japan in 8.14.7. Uh, Kieran, oh, Kieran Lum did not get the national record. P, uh, PR. He's a University of Washington grad, um, ran 8.14. Morgan McDonald, Wisconsin grad, running for on Athletic Club, ran 8.12, national record for Australia. Uh, uh, Gordy Beamish, running for on, uh, broke the national record for New Zealand, running 8.05. 805.73, where he was narrowly uh, uh, outkicked by Cole Hawker, running a fantastic 805.7. Unbelievable! That guy just keeps and, pouring it on. And I'm I gotta look real quick at something here. Um, that 805.70 broke the national record of my man Galen Rupp, who ran 807.41 a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. So Cole Hawker would be the American record holder at two miles. Uh, except the Grant Fisher ran 803.62 today <laughs> to knock four seconds off of uh, uh, Rupp's mark. And Fisher was second behind Josh Kerr, who is runs for the Brooks Beasts and clearly is a beast these days. After winning the World Championships last year, he broke 15. the indoor world record in the 1,500 meters. He broke the indoor world record today running 8 minutes, 0.67. Um, First mile in 4036, second mile in uh, uh, 357 something. Yes. Uh, and he and Grant Fisher were neck and neck with a, a lap to go. Uh, and Kerr put uh, three seconds on him in the last lap. Unbelievable. That's the 1500 meter speed right there. But so are well, you he's telling clearly me- very strong, don't yeah. you think? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, if- I, I, well, you watched that 1500 at the World Championships last year. I mean, what yes. what, what a yes. fun, fun race to watch. So so cool for Josh. Kerr's, Kerr's very likable. Kerr's a guy. It's easy to root for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just he just seems like one of the guys. He seems like the guy that when we're sitting out in front of the Wild Duck, he's just gonna walk up and say, "Hey, is that seat taken?" <laughs> Maybe we'll get a chance to test that. So wait, I gotta yeah. clarify. Are you saying that the American World, the American record in the indoor two mile was held until today by Galen Rupp at 807 and two guys Correct. broke it. Yeah. Hawker and Fisher. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a great and, day. And both those guys are fairly young, right? I mean, they're not 20. Yeah. But that's, it's, that's a pretty exciting time for us, right? As, as American fans. Are they? Uh, Maybe they're you know, 24, you know? At the, at, yeah. I don't think Hawker's quite that old yet because yeah. I think he got, oh, that's right. He went pro. Oregon after yeah. his sophomore year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty exciting though, for yeah. sure. So, so uh, yeah, another great one. Wow. A lot of national records in that race, which is pretty sweet. All right. So, we're going to jump to hey, the women. We, Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was going to say, we didn't talk about the women's, uh, 800. I was just coming to and, that. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if there's a, a, a ton to go into there, but I definitely want to give a little shout out. I'm not, I can't find the results now. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Where's my women's 800? Come on. There's not it. There's not it. What, where am I missing it? What's it after on the list? It's, uh, it's- oh, there it is. I found it. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, Kayla Edwards, who I believe made the world championships team last year in 800, uh, ran well, 202 in fourth place. Yep. Uh, second was, uh, uh, Olivia Baker, former Stanford gal out of, out of New Jersey, 201.91. But the winner was Allie Wilson. Allie Wilson runs for Atlanta Track Club. 
she was a small school, well, not super small, Monmouth University in New Jersey. She ran there, was a very, very uh, uh, decorated athlete at Monmouth running for a, a buddy of mine named Chris Torello who coached her. And she, uh, I ran into her at the uh, NCAAs in Texas back in 20, what year was that? 2019. And she is one sweet heart of a young woman and winning, winning the Milrose 800. You know, there, some of the, some of the absolute top people might not have been there, but I, you know what, when, when she's telling, talking to her kids and her grandkids at some point says she won Milrose in 2024, nobody's going to say, well, who was in the race? Right. Well, and if you look at so, this, I mean, they, she and Olivia Baker were neck and neck the entire race. And it came down to, you know, that there was only three tenths of a second that separated them at the finish line. But, uh, yeah, it took a lot of fight, uh, for Allie to, to, to pull ahead of Olivia at the end. So definitely very uh, cool. She's one of my favorites. I'm really, I'm really rooting for her to make the, uh, to make the Olympic team this year. She's got to, it'll be tough, you know. The American American 800 meter running on the women's side, in particular, is really solid right now. So it'll be a challenge. But I'm, she's one of my favorites. All right, so. Dave. We're we're gonna we're gonna uh, wrap up with the Wanamaker Mile for the women and then the men, and then we're gonna watch some football. So so let's go Niners. Go Niners. All right. So so uh, set set the stage for this one here. Um, well, the women's mile. You know, again, it wasn't wasn't maybe as packed, uh, you know, with the the worldwide talent as some of the other events in this meet. Uh, but a rematch looked uh, inevitable between Ho, Jessica Ho and L. St. Pierre. Uh, they just raced the week before the 3,000 meters in Boston, where Ho um, eked out a victory. Um, and so, but there were there were certainly some other talented women in the race. Danny Jones. Uh, runs for New Balance, ran at University of Colorado, was a stud. Um, Swedish woman, Yolanda, uh, you know, I really should figure out how to say names before I do this, right? Uh, Narambe. Um, well, I think that's a pretty Susan, good, yep, pretty good. Uh, uh, Susan, Susan Ayor, who's a Kenyan, Kenyan runner, but ran collegiately University of Oregon uh, and has been running well. They're all in the race, but uh, as you as you look at, you know, as you watch the race, uh, you know, maybe not by halfway, but by about a thousand meters, it was pretty clear. It was just, it was, uh, Jessica and L and, uh, and right together, right together at three quarters of a mile. And, uh, L made it look easy, roaring away with a 61 three last 400, uh, to, to break her own American record indoors. She ran 416.41 today. Unbelievable. I think that's four hundredths of a better, uh, better than she ran in 2020. Um, and Jessica Ho ran 4:19:03, broke the national record uh, indoor mile for Australia. There, there so were actually na- five national records set in this single race: one yeah. for Spain, uh, Susan, Susan Aor for Kenya, uh, Marta Perez for Spain. Yes. And then uh, uh, we, we, <laughs> Narumbe, Yolanda Narumbe for Sweden. So yeah. very fast race, so, and cool, cool outcome. All right. Well, and, Said, you know, as an Oregonian, I, I really enjoyed watching Jessica Hull compete, uh, at Oregon. And it's cool to see her, you know, make it on the, on the world stage as well. And, um, she's darn good. And I think that's a cool rivalry the two of them have. So it's, uh, we'll see what happens later. Let's move to the men's Wanamaker Mild. Ooh, boy. <laughs> so we already talked about who was, you know, who was in the race, right? Yeah. Uh, 
uh, a bunch of pretty darn good dudes and guys that have been running well. Um, you know, Kessler, Kessler, Kessler notably, uh, beat 2022 world champion, uh, Jake Whiteman about two or three weeks ago. Um, and, you know, Kessler is a guy that was, you know, a phenomenal high school runner. I think he, you know, he started running training with Ron Warhurst, uh, you know, former University of Michigan coach, even in high school. And I think was training with guys like Nick Willis and some other people. Uh, and ran 334, 1500 as a high schooler. Uh, but these first couple years out, uh, have, you know, it, he hadn't made really the jump that a lot of people were hoping or expecting. And, uh, that win over Whiteman, I think was a, was, had to be a big confidence boost for him. He has to know he's super fit right now. Um, but, uh, uh another great, great race. Uh, Nagoose wins in 347.83, just, just missing. His um, his own national indoor record three three forty seven thirty eight last year, but the all time world record indoors is three forty seven oh one. So he's, so he's really close you know, today. Eight 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 tenths of a second is all he missed it by. Um, Kessler Kessler ran beautifully to get second. Uh, a big mile PR. Um, some people say PB and some people say PR. We might have to have a whole I, I go episode. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we might have to have a whole episode on that. I have warm to... down versus cool down. We got a, you know a lot of things we could discuss. I have but... a lot of strong feelings around those two things. <laughs> okay, and, see, so, yeah, <laughs> all right. Uh, but Kessler Kessler closed nicely in fifty six seven to run three forty eight sixty six. Great run. The two uh, uh, great Great Britain athletes, George Mills and Adam Fogg, three forty eight nine and three forty nine six. I would I would call him unheralded, uh, but Casey Comer runs for the, the Under Armour team out of Baltimore. Ran three fifty one ninety two for fifth. Um, Great race. Know, Co- Cooper Tier, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's hard for me to believe that I would say that a guy that runs three fifty three uh, had a bad day, but I got to believe that Cooper Tier feels like he should be racing. With Hobbs Kessler and Yard Nagoose. I mean, based on what he's done the last few years. Yeah. Um, so who knows? You know, as you mentioned earlier, we don't know what anybody's, where anybody's at with their training. Exactly. Sometimes people get sick. Sometimes they're nursing things. Uh, but I, I gotta believe Cooper Tier is going to be a factor, uh, you know, in either the 15 or the five by the time we get to the Olympic trials in June. Um, so we'll, we'll see, right? We will see. We'll see. Dave, thank you very much for the recap. Um, we have to go watch some football. So uh, yeah, let's go. Let's do it again next week.